Welcome to another episode of the SaaS Podcast. I'm your host, Omar Khan, and this is the show where I interview proven founders and industry experts who share their stories, strategies, and insights to help you build, launch, and grow your SaaS business. Today's episode is part two of the interview with Scott Klein of Status Page. And in this episode, we're going to talk about the pressure that the co-founders felt going through Y Combinator uh, and some of the pressures, that the unnecessary pressures that Scott felt he put on himself and how he wishes it had been more of a fun time. And there are some really important lessons there. Um, There was also a powerful lesson uh, we talked about in challenging your assumptions when uh, a super simple idea that an advisor gave them turned out to be an incredibly powerful way to build viral growth. And the team had just assumed that this was something that was never going to work. Uh, We also talk about why you should stop paying attention to what others are achieving and focus more of your time and energy on solving the right problems for your customers. And we'll talk about how it's so easy as an entrepreneur to feel stressed all the time and why it's important to find balance in your life so you can enjoy the journey and not just um, focus endlessly on just about getting to the destination. Uh, we also talk a little bit about the difference between good quality content and great content. And there's a great example of a site out or outside of the tech industry that does an amazing job of this. And we'll talk a little bit about that in the interview as well. Is your team struggling with spreadsheets that can't keep up with your workflows? It's time to switch to JotForm Tables. JotForm Tables is an all-in-one workspace that lets you collect, organize, and manage data seamlessly. Not only can you create online forms to gather data directly in JotForm Tables, but it also serves as a powerful tool to manage and analyze the data collected from your existing JotForm forms. You can also import spreadsheets or enter information manually and All your data is stored securely in one place. JotForm Tables makes collaboration a breeze. You can share your tables with a single click and work with your team in real time. Say goodbye to version control issues and hello to efficient teamwork. Get started with JotForm Tables for free today at sasclub.io slash jotform. That's sasclub.io slash jotform. Are you looking to sell your online business or buy one to start your entrepreneurial journey? Discover exciting opportunities with Bupos.com. Bupos is the number one platform for buying and selling profitable online businesses and the first to offer built-in acquisition financing for qualified buyers. At Bupos.com, you can explore their exclusive listings, browse listings from other marketplaces, or submit your own deal for approval. Bupos can offer pre-approved financing for recurring revenue businesses, allowing you to access fast funding with no personal guarantees. And their experienced M&A advisory team supports you every step of the way. To learn more, visit sasclub.io slash Bupos. That's sasclub.io slash B-O-O-P-O-S. Sign up today and get qualified to sell your business or find your next deal. Hey there, SaaS founders. Are you looking to grow your B2B SaaS business to the first million in annual recurring revenue? I've got something that can help you. Introducing the SaaS Club newsletter, your weekly source of proven strategies, practical insights, and exclusive interviews with successful B2B SaaS founders who have been in your shoes and are ready to share what they've learned. Each week, you'll get a quick five-minute read delivered straight to your inbox full of growth tactics, lessons learned, and insider tips to help you tackle those early stage challenges and grow your business to seven figures and beyond. So what are you waiting for? Head over over to sasclub.io slash newsletter and join over 4,000 other SaaS founders and entrepreneurs who are already using these insights to grow their businesses. Subscribe to the SaaS Club newsletter today and get the support you need to keep moving forward on your SaaS journey. So I hope you enjoy this. And with that, let's uh, bring back Scott. 
Um, so thinking about those early days, is is there one big mistake that you look back at and just say, gosh, that, you know, if, if I could go back, that's, and, and change that one thing, it would have made our life a lot more easier? Um, nothing around the product. I think it was more so around my, uh, how I sort of approached the company in terms of my emotions and like my personal life balance. Um, you know, be one of the, one of the better things about being in YC is that you're, you're surrounded by like literally everybody in the room there is smarter than you on average and at least way smarter than you in one or two things. And it's just, um, you feel at uh, a lot of it. You feel you feel like you're at a deficit in a sense, uh, being around that many smart people. And and on any given week, you know there were there were fifty, I think, seven companies in our batch. On any given week, like one or two of them is just blowing it out of the water, right? And so you you consistently are like, gosh, like it seems like everybody's doing really well. <laughs> um, <laughs> like why aren't we doing this well? Um, and so for me, I think that it was less around the product development because I feel like we. We knew what we needed to build in those early days, and we we, re, we had great relationships with our customers. The co-founders had a great relationship. Uh, we had a great working style. Steve and I were working on product, and Danny was doing a lot of the sales and support type of stuff. Um, but I think that it could have been a more fun period and a more um, uh, a more memorable period if it wasn't so you know stressed out as a function of me putting a bunch of pressure on myself. Um, so I think that there's, there isn't a ton of mistakes that we made, uh, on the product in the early days. Um, there's one notable that, I, that, that I think was absolutely hilarious. Um, so Y Combinator is built mostly around, um, office hours, which is to say they, they tell you, go home, work on your product. Don't come into the office unless you have something specific you want to talk about, but they do try to get you sort of on a weekly cadence, um, just to like drill into you. What are growth numbers like? What's working? What's not working? How are you responding? What's growth going to be at by next week? Right. Just to get you on a good cadence. Anyway, the first, um, the first office hours we had was with Kevin Hale. He's one of the founders of Wufu. And, uh, he said, why don't you put a little powered by status page.io thing at the bottom of the status pages? And we were like, that's, that's like disrespectful. Like, why would we do that? You know, you know, the people are paying us money for this. Like we can't, we can't do this. Um, and he said, well, why don't you just try it? I mean, worst case is you, you know, you screw it up and, and, and you just revert it and you say, sorry, like it's not that big of a deal. Um, and that would have been absent that sort of piece of advice. I think a glaring mistake that we never would have caught until, until much later. Um, but we put it on and I think that there, I can count on maybe two hands, the number of people that have really wanted to remove it. Um, and everybody else, it's just sort of baked into our business model at this point. And so we have, uh, now, you know, I think over 1500 paying customers that are just walking billboards for our product because, you know, when you go to a status page and at the bottom it says powered by status page.io, you're like, holy cow, this is, this would be a great product to have. We should have one of these. And guess who we're going to use? The person that we got referred to by another one of the vendors that we use, right? Um, so that, that was maybe one of the mistakes that we would have made that we sort of avoided narrowly, uh, by some sage advice from somebody who had seen hundreds of companies before us. And, 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 um, so that was easy to take because, you know, Somebody like Kevin's been a partner at YC forever, and uh, he's seen a lot of stuff. And so, you know, when you when you get somebody who um, has seen many, many, many companies, you at least are willing to try what they tell you to do. And if it doesn't work out for your case for whatever reason, then you can roll back on it. So, so do do you let um, customers remove that if they pay 
buy into a certain tier or something, or is it just there for everybody? Yeah. You know what, what we tell customers is like, it's, you know, if you want to, if you're at the enterprise tier, we'd be happy to talk about removing it. But I think it's, it's very much part of, you know, our pricing is set up based on the fact that we know that every customer we get is going to recommend or going to refer to us another 0.3 customers, right? So 30 to 40% of the new customers that we get came in through somebody else's status page. Um, and so we build our pricing structure around that ostensibly. Um, and so, um, I, it's tasteful. It's not out in the open. We're definitely not messaging our customers, customers. Um, but it's just something for us that helps us out just to, to, to sort of grow the business and the, and the platform that we have. Um, and so it's just, it's never been, it's not really been an issue. Like way, way, way less than we had thought it was going to be. I mean, we thought we were just going to get harangued to no end about it. But, it's, it's funny, isn't it? How, how we tend to make assumptions and, um, don't kind of go down a certain path because of the reaction that we think we're going to get from people. Yeah, um, exactly And right. it, ta- it takes somebody who's kind of got, you know, maybe more experience or that outside view just to kind of say, well, why not just try it? And, and I think this, it, wouldn't it be great if we could kind of be that person to ourselves more regularly in terms of just, just try it. <laughs> Let's yeah. see what happens. Yeah, it's so hard. So I call these empathy gaps and, and um I, I think that, you know, in this case, it's, it's very easy, right? I mean, I think, you know, humans have sort of three brains that we operate out of. We've got the lizard brain that's concerned with our food and water and air intake, right? Um, there's the mammal brain and then the human brain. And the human brain, the one that we're operating out of most of the day doesn't really care. But when you, when you're presented with something like, should we put our branding on everybody's status page? Like the lizard brain starts to scream really loud, like you're going to kill the company if you do this, you know, right. and it's, it's oftentimes very hard to ignore that and to sort of get yourself into a better place uh, of empathy and at least realizing like, hey, if we do this and we make a mistake, it's not the end of the world. Right. Um, and so, you know, I, I think that when I think about my job as the founder and especially as a CEO, it's it's sort of it's sort of sort of. Uh, using your, 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 your neocortex in a sense to, to sort of predict how the future is going to go and what your emotional state is going to be like. It's very difficult. Um, but I think, I think the better founders are, are great at it. Um, and, and, and it's, uh, it, 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 it helps you not to miss things like what we may have missed in, in this particular case. I want to go back and talk a little bit about what you said to me a little earlier about you putting yourself under un- unnecessary stress in the early days um, and and not that period not being as much fun or memorable as you would have maybe liked. Where was that stress coming from? Was that from just seeing what everybody else in YC was doing and 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 that was kind of creating that pressure for you or, or was it something else? Yeah, I think so. So some of it's like, um, some of it's very, uh, overt. Um, you know, there was, I, we got, we got a, like one of the YC partners, like on demo day, you know, after demo day is over, one of the YC partners comes up and, and says, you know, guys, like, I just want to let you know, people are closing hundreds of thousands of dollars in checks in this room right now. And, and that's such a weird comment, right? Because this person is, is sort of who, who doesn't know anything about what we're doing pretty much, um, is now giving us sort of unsolicited advice 
around like what we want to do with the company or what we should want to do with the company, right? And 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 also then puts you at a deficit of like if you're not also closing hundreds of thousands of dollars in checks today, you must be doing something wrong. So you better fix that, right? So there there's some overt pressure like that that I think was just very weird because when you're a nascent company, you sort of are you're you're, you're dealing with like questions of what is this business going to be, and then you're also sort of dealing with questions of like what is my life going to be like if we decide to go humongous with the company. You know, um, and so it was just in a, in a very like vulnerable time. It was very weird to get advice like that. Um, but then it's also social pressure, right? Like I said, you've got on, on any given week, somebody's in the news or launched some big feature and is getting a lot of coverage or a lot of revenue from it. Right. And so, you know, it's, it's, there, there's sort of this, um, this, you're going to be the average of your five closest friends sort of thing. You now have 55 friends that are all doing incredibly well. Uh, and, and sort of just grappling with that. Um, it's tough to, it's tough to just focus on what you're doing and just be principled in, in your behavior and just be decisive and, in, in, you know, sort of the life that you want to live. Um, and so I think, you know, for me, at least that's, that's sort of like my, my own existential struggle that I'm going to have for as long as I'm walking around on earth, I'm assuming. Um, and so I, I, I can't, I should say too, I, I don't, I don't, I definitely don't speak for Steve and Danny. They may have had, they may have absolutely enjoyed YC and YC was very enjoyable for me for sure. Um, it just, it was, it was, um, many late nights, a lot of coffee, not enough exercise and not enough just like walking around in the trees to hang out and be with nature for a little while. Yeah. Now, actually, it's funny you say that because that's something that I kind of do more of myself as well. Is that when when I left the the sort of the comfort of a you know very comfortable six figure job and kind of had to go and figure out how I was going to build a business myself, you you kind of feel like you need to be working all the time, mm-hmm. and uh, if you're not, um, you know, you're you're not you're not working hard enough. And then you see every time you see somebody else doing something really well, you kind of look at it like, Oh my God, there, there must be something wrong with me that, yep. you know, I'm not doing that well, or it's taking me longer to get there or, and, 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 and you kind of start to realize one that, um, I, I went through exactly the same thing as you mentioned, where I kind of sort of decided, uh, whatever happens, I want to look back at this time and I want it to be uh, a happy time in my life. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and these days I spend a lot more time sort of thinking about uh, exactly what you said, getting out and connecting with nature and, and uh, meditating and all these kinds Mm -hmm. of things that spending time with the family. Um, And then it's almost like I find that when I make more time for those things, the things on the business seem to kind of become a little bit easier in some kind yeah. of weird way. Yeah. And then the other thing that I, I sort of realized, and there was this great article that um, this post that um, Andrew Wilkinson wrote, um, I'll include that in the show notes where he's, he's the founder of flow and MetaLab, um, the guys who designed Slack. Mm. And, and um, he, he had this really interesting thing where he was just saying, look, it's kind of getting silly to the point now where we're saying, you know, Instagram sold for a billion dollars and it wasn't really that great compared to uh, what they could have made. Right. Um, right, right. And, and so, you know, where does it end? Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you can quickly, 
you know, I mean, look at Uber, right? I mean, like, you know, what's even, you know, I'll tell you something that's even harder to grapple with, right? So what's what, the, the, the big, like the cool talk right now is around power laws. Like if you read anything by Peter Thiel or Paul Graham, like they'll talk about power laws, which is basically saying, you know, the, 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 the number one returning company for YC in terms of ROI is probably going to be larger than every single one after that. Right. And that's as a human, that's amazingly difficult to grapple with because, you know, when you walk around every day, like everybody has, we're, you know, we're all roughly within like, we'll say five feet and seven feet tall, we all have two arms, two legs, like the variance between humans and even trees is sort of not that large. Right. But when you get something that's that disparate, it's, it's really tough to grapple with. And so you can immediately look at yourself. I mean, if, you know, if status page sells tomorrow for $50 million, that that's going to be life changing for everybody that's here. And YC, it's going to be noise on their checkbook. Right. And so <laughs> it's very tough to grapple with, you know, I mean, they've got, they have Dropbox and Airbnb and Stripe, uh, and I think that may be the top three that probably make up ninety eight percent of their portfolio value at this point. I mean, even Heroku sold for two hundred fifteen million dollars, and that's like, eh, whatever, you know. You know, Airbnb is probably north of ten billion at this point, so it's it's very. Um, so I, I think I think what was great to me to sort of complete the point, um, getting out of the valley and, and back into Colorado. Uh, was just that like, look, you need to just be principled about your life, like be principled about what you believe in and why you choose to be a founder. And if it turns out that you end up running a $20 billion company, then great. Otherwise, if you continue to have the same amount of fun and you're working on a company that you believe is, is doing good stuff, then great. And you're learning new stuff. Great. Um, you know, this sort of this, you, you have this arc to your life and, and, and there's likely going to be other stuff that you work on in the future. But just figuring out what those principles are. And for me, it was a lot of realizing, like, I'm not sure I, I believe in much. Like, I, I need to, as a human, like, come to terms with the fact that, like, I need to get some principles around my life. Um, and so once that was settled, it was easier for me to be okay with, look, we're, we're, this is just the company that we're running. You know, we choose to run this company because we get to work with the people that we get to work with. And, and more to the point, like we're having fun and we're learning stuff. The company is a learning platform that we never would, we, like, I can't, you can't pay money to get access to sort of run a small company like this with the customers that we have. You know, you can pay to go to, to an MBA school and sort of do case studies and, and, and sort of read the history of businesses. But to be an operator and to be in this day to day is, is a very, 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 very different thing. Um, and so like recognizing that privilege and recognizing that this is something that we like, this is a, this is a, a platform that we built for ourselves that we couldn't pay to get access to. Uh, it just, it means that we're very blessed and we need to take advantage of this, of this and, 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 and find the goodness in it and find that it's, it's a, it's going to be a thing that teaches us how to be a better human. So. Are you an entrepreneur looking to buy a profitable online business or a founder ready to sell? Bupas is the number one platform for buying and selling profitable online businesses. With their exclusive listings, as well as listings from other marketplaces, and the option to submit your own deal for approval, Bupas has you covered. Plus, they're the first to offer built-in acquisition financing for qualified buyers of recurring revenue businesses, allowing you to access fast funding without personal guarantees. And their experienced M&A advisory team supports you every step of the way. To learn more, visit sasclub.io 
slash BUPOS. That's sasclub.io slash B-O-O-P-O-S. Sign up today and get qualified to start your entrepreneurial journey or sell your business at the right valuation with BUPOS.com. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, okay, so we, we had that post from Danny about getting from, from zero to 5K in monthly recurring revenue. And then he did a follow-up on getting from 5K to 25K. Um, I, I know you guys sort of these days aren't disclosing where you are with exactly with revenue, but, but give the audience a sense of what the size of the business is now. Sure. So we're, um, I mean, you can kind of do the math, you know, you go to our about page where eight people, our ninth is going to get started in a couple of weeks. And we're hopefully going to sign our 10th here pretty soon. Um, you know, based on developer salaries, you can kind of do the multiplication. Uh, we're definitely North of a million. Um, and we have around 1500 customers at this point. Uh, you know, obviously the notable ones that you had mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. Um, but some other bigger ones too. I think, I think Visa is our, our whale customer at this point. We're doing both the authorized.net and the cybersource brand status wow. pages. Um, so yeah, it's definitely, uh, you know, the art, you know, the, 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 the size and, and, um, the deal size of the companies that we're working with now. Um, I, I, I it's so funny. I, I remember when we were in Y Combinator, our, our big win at the, at the point was, was Citrix. And I think they were paying us something like $350 a month for a couple different status pages. And, and that was a huge win and everybody loved it. Um, and, and, and then to fast forward today and realize that we're, we, we have customers that are paying us, uh, you know, at least 10 times that amount on a monthly basis. Uh, it's been fun to track sort of the, the, the company and, and sort of the value prop that we have and the ability to break into much larger deals and, and for, for organizations of that size to actually get that much value out of your product. Um, it's, it's, you know, when we had first started this company, I, I probably would have told you, yeah, we're going to clean up with the, you know, the send grids of the world, uh, the SaaS base or the API based companies of the world. Uh, and most people are going to pay us, you know, 50 to a hundred dollars a month, but it's, it's been fun to see this, this break into the enterprise that we've had. Well, congratulations on getting your, uh, <clears throat> first of many millions. Oh, thank uh, you. Sure. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, um, you and, and sort of your, um, productivity and how, how do you structure your day or your week and, and manage your work and priorities? What, what does sort of a typical day or week look like for you? Sure. Um, well, we're, we're kind of at a tough spot right now in, in that I'm still developing a lot of the products. Um, you know, I think one of the biggest initiatives for me is to get myself out from the, the critical path, so to speak on the development side of things. So we're definitely scaling up the development team to help respond to that. Um, but my, my week consists of, uh, you know, one of the, the only sort of rule that I have is I try to book most of my meetings that I do, uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, um, so that I can have Monday, Wednesday and Friday as, as pretty, uh, uninterrupted blocks of time to either, you know, work on process and the way that we communicate as a group, um, or to, uh, uh, work on development type of stuff. But it's, 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 it's a lot of just, uh, making sure that I'm batching my time. Otherwise, the context switching between development and meetings and emails and support tickets and whatever else just gets to be way, way, way too cumbersome. Um, and, um, and, and I should point out that we're recording this on a Friday, so I feel very yeah. honored that you're allowing me to disrupt yeah. your day. <laughs> no, this is this is a great. This is a good. If I if I do do them on Fridays, I I, I tend to schedule them right after our our daily stand up meeting, so that I can just do a couple back-to-back meetings and then, and so, then sort of get on with the day. So um, obviously with stuff like recruiting, we don't have the luxury of dictating the schedule. So it's, it's sort of a loose rule 
Um, but if it's, you know, if it's for like a, just a basic thing, I'll try to put it on a Tuesday or Thursday. Um, but my basic, you know, I, I sort of, I get up in the morning and I always have just this bundle of energy in the morning to, to get a bunch of stuff done. And so I, I try to utilize that right away. Um, I'll make coffee at home and just crank for a couple hours on, on email or code or whatever sort of pressing on me at the time. I, I always wake up and immediately want to get right to work. Um, and so then I generally will sort of complete my morning, do a little bit of breakfast and get ready and head into the office. And then I'm, I'm at the office for, you know, many hours until five or 6 PM or something like that. And then what I, time do you wake up? Um, you know, it depends. I think, I think one of the things, you know, I've, I've sort of gone back and forth. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it's, it's funny because I, I hear stories around, uh, you know, I, I think I saw an interview with like General Petraeus and he talked about getting up at 4 a.m. every morning. And again, you sort of feel at a deficit, like, oh, maybe I should start <laughs> to get up at 4 a.m. And then you just realize like, I am not built to do that. And I would, it's, it's more important to me. Um, last night I was at a concert. Uh, and so I didn't get to bed till like one. And so I sort of slept in till nine this morning, maybe. So it just depends. I think, I think mostly I'm just, I, you know, I try to work on, uh, listen to your body and don't feel guilty about taking the time you need to sleep for your body, uh, because you're going to be much more productive. I think the weeks that I try to just stay on a regimen of 6.30 a.m. wake ups are the, some of the worst weeks that I have. I'll work the same amount of hours, but I get a lot less done because I'm just trying to force myself into a schedule that I'm not, you know, really geared up to do. Um, what about, um, blogs? Is there anything that you, you, any favorite blogs that you like, or, you know, even if they're not kind of business related, it's like, what what are things that sort of interest you the most? Yeah. Um, you know, I've I've been on, I I go through kicks, I think, um, uh, on, on the blog kind of stuff, you know, most of what I spend my time reading is around sort of, um, philosophy and, 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 and a little bit around sort of like meditation and mindfulness and, and more like pseudo Eastern religion type of stuff. Um, but there's also stuff that I read that's entertaining. Uh, there's, there's one blog I've been reading recently called waitbutwhy.com. And I don't know who this guy is, but he just does research on really interesting topics like Tesla or SpaceX or AI. And so there is an interesting technology kick to it, but I just think he's a hilarious writer and, 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 but he also has very, he, he's sort of like, um, he's like the Colbert or the John Stewart of the blog world where he actually does good research, but also presents it in a very funny and entertaining way. Um, I love that blog. Um, is it great? Yeah. I think who was it? Um, Tim, Tim Rand was... Fishkin from Moz. We were talking about, ah. um, you know, sort of, cause he, you know, Rand talks a lot about creating kind of great content, not just good content. Yeah. And, and we talked about what, what, give me an example of that. And this was one of the sites that he talked about. And, and I love those pictures that he draws these sort of like these stick figures. And yeah. um, there was this one particular article about why procrastinators procrastinate and about yep. the monkey inside your head. Yeah. It was just, it was just such a, a fresh way to tell you about a pretty you know, I mean, how many articles are there on the web about procrastination and more of them and most of them are so boring you'll procrastinate reading them. Yeah. Right? But uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I love that site. Yeah. I, I love it too, because he's like, there's actually some good, there's oftentimes some good science there, right? Um, yeah. There's oftentimes some good research or it's, it's him. And I, and I think maybe why I identify with it so much is because I, I go through the same thing, but only sort of in verbal form in my own head. And he's actually gone through the process of writing it out and sort of being a little bit vulnerable and also very, uh, there's, there's like a, 
a twinge of just shamefulness to what he writes that all of us are feeling, but no one's really talking about. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think it's, it's stuff like that is, is great to me because it's like a, it's easy reading, um, but it's very entertaining and also got a good bit of research behind it that, that, that helps out. So, um, yeah. All right. Um, let's, uh, get into the lightning round. Uh, sure. I'm going to ask you seven questions. Yeah. Um, and just give me your answers as quickly as you can. Sure. All right. What's the best piece of business advice that you ever received? Um, like mindfulness, like knowing yourself, it's not necessarily uh, a specific piece of business advice. It's just sort of the more you're in tune with yourself and your emotions and what you need out of your life and what you need out of your job, you're going to be more successful. I think in, in everything, you know, business included. What book would you recommend to our audience and why? Uh, I think it's called Toward a Psychology of Being. Uh, this is the Abe Maslow book uh, that talked about the hierarchy of needs. Uh, I think it's been great for me uh, to understand myself, but also understand people and sort of the, you know, we have team members, we have employees now, um, and we have to manage them and, and make sure that this is a fun place for them to work. But it's also around your customers. Like what's the, you know, hierarchy of needs for your customers and how does that play into a sales environment? I think it's very applicable to just interactions that you have in your life and thinking about how people are going to respond What's one attribute or characteristic in your mind of a successful entrepreneur? Uh, resiliency, somebody who is, is sort of principled and, and has uh, strong convictions about why they're doing what they're doing uh, and, and being able to spend time being patient, uh, you know, letting markets develop, letting teams develop, knowing that they're in this for sort of the long haul and, and, uh, making sure that when they're going through dark times or bad times or times when things are going a little bit slower than they want, that they are focused on the end result and, and the principles of why they're doing it and not necessarily the immediate gratification. Uh, what's your favorite personal productivity tool or habit? Uh, coffee. <laughs> end of answer. What's a, what's a business idea that you'd love to pursue if you had the extra time? What's a crazy idea in your head that you um, you know, I was, uh, I was on a big drone kick about a year ago. Um, like with the goggles and the video camera and the wireless transmitter stuff. Um, I would love to do more around drones. Uh, I loved when the Amazon thing came out because I was like, oh yeah, this is obvious. Like this is, makes sense. And everyone started freaking out about it. Um, but I, I doing stuff around drones, I think would be fun if nothing else. <laughs> What's an interesting or fun fact about you that most people don't know? Um, I think that, uh, so I, I, I started going to therapy about six or seven months ago and it's been pretty life-changing. Um, not necessarily in the grandiose, I found a new life purpose sense, but just, um, I, I, I felt like I had such a negative view toward, uh, just mental health in general. And, and I feel like, I, I mean, I go to the doctor once a year to, uh, get my blood work done and sort of talk to the doctor about how I'm feeling and let him push on me a little bit. Um, and so it was, it was, it was an interesting thing to, to sort of let your guard down to, to start working on mental health. Um, but I, I think it's been very transformative. I think especially founders should have at least a time when they get to check in with somebody and talk about stuff that they're working on. But I think it was, uh, it's just been a good, uh, you know, I've been trying to tell people I've been going because I think there's way too much stigma around it. Um, and I think it's been, uh, such a great experience for me. And I think, um, you know, most people should be doing it. I, I think it's awesome that you mentioned that because I think there is a stigma around that. And, but, uh, 
you know, looking after our mind is just as important as looking after your body. Yeah. Right. But, um, you know, I think people, yeah, many of us still have a hard time kind of coming to terms with that. I will say too, um, you know, finding a, so I, the, the therapist that I found is, is great because I think she, she was a professional in her early life before she was a therapist. And so we don't, we don't have to struggle with things like work life balance and talking about like, Oh, and, and her sort of giving me prescriptive advice, like, Oh, you know, you need to take time off work because she just understands that it's inherently a struggle for our personality types. Um, and so we don't, we don't, you know, those are all foregone conclusions. Um, but what I like is that she, you know, she approaches it from a more like, uh, Eastern, maybe yoga in the more traditional yoga sense, not like yoga, like sexy Western body, sweaty yoga, but like, you know, sort of yogic tradition. Um, um, and, and one other thing too is, is that they love clients like us that are doing well ish in life and want to be doing better. You know, like there's, it was just, it was just me saying, Hey, there's some stuff like habits, some cruft that I picked up in my twenties that I want to make sure that I work out and that don't develop into sort of sabotaging habits. And so, you know, for them to get a client that's doing well in life, that maybe is working on a business and is, is really looking to push the last 10% of their their, their personal life and the way that they feel about the world and interact with the world. They love clients like us. Like it's, it's, it's a fun time. I feel like it's always a great experience when I go in there, even when it's tough, it always turns out to be a great experience. Um, so that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, and finally, what is one of your most important passions outside of your work? Um, you know, I think a lot about philosophy and I think a lot about government systems and I think a lot about, uh, just sort of my, you know, the, the arc of society and, and, and people's sort of interactions with each other. I think that on the, on the, on the grand scale of how humans have evolved, we've only lived in like, uh, sort of post agricultural revolution, you know, dictating governments for, for a very short amount of time. And I'm, I'm, I'm very, very, very much interested, especially in, in sort of technology and how the role that it's going to play. If, if we can ever get society back to the point where we are, uh, sort of a self-governed people, um, and, and sort of what rules can we put in place that are, that are, um, that are optional, um, that are voluntary, that we can eventually get society to the point. One of my favorite questions to ask people is, um, what is your, like, what's your utopia or your end game with government? Like, we all agree that we're trying to, improve and make government better. But assuming it gets to the best state it's going to get in, what does it look like? Um, and for me, I would like the answer to be that government goes away and that people can just sort of live and, and, and be on their own and we can just decide as a group how to do things. Um, but and, and I think technology is an indispensable part of that. And so I think a lot about, uh, and I'm very passionate about it, and just talking about sort of what could be in terms of a government structure without uh, guns and jails and, and sort of forcing people by taxation to contribute to things. And that if we can all just sort of voluntarily do what we wish we want to do with our lives and that everybody could live in harmony, I think that's the best and most sustainable way for society to move forward. And so I, I, I think a lot about that and I love talking about it. That is deep, deep yeah. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's difficult. I think that's, what's really interesting about it is it's extremely difficult um, but I think it's possible. I have to, I have to, I have to, I have to think that it's possible. Cool. Scott, it, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Thanks, man. I really appreciate yeah, you making the time Homer. to do this. Um, we've, we've gone over time, so I, I'm sorry for, for eating in more into your <laughs> Friday. And, um, <laughs> we missed enjoyable. out getting together the next time, the last time you were here in Seattle, but, uh, would love to get together, uh, in person 
Um, I've never been to Denver, but if I do, I'll definitely look you up. But if you're coming back to Seattle, please do let me know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, uh, the girlfriends have been Seattle, so I will, uh, I'm, uh, I'm there, I'm there quite often. We'll just <laughs> cool. say, so, uh, yeah, I'll definitely, uh, we'll, 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 we'd love to meet up and continue this conversation for sure. Right. Now, if, uh, folks want to find out more about status page, they can go to statuspage.io. Um, yep. and if they want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? I'm just Scott at statuspage.io. You can email me directly. Sweet. Thanks again, uh, and I wish you all the best. All right, you too. Thanks so much. Take care. Do you dream of owning a profitable online business or are you looking to sell yours? Bupos.com is the number one platform for entrepreneurs and founders alike. With Bupos, you can discover exclusive listings, browse listings from other marketplaces, or submit your own deal for approval. As the first platform to offer built-in acquisition financing for qualified buyers, Bupos makes it easier than ever to acquire a recurring revenue business without personal guarantees. Their experienced M&A advisory team is dedicated to supporting you throughout the process, ensuring a smooth transaction. Don't miss out on this exciting opportunity. To learn more, visit sasclub.io slash bupos. That's sasclub.io slash B-O-O-P-O-S. Sign up today and get qualified to sell your business or find your next venture. Are you still wrestling with rigid spreadsheets that slow down your team? JotForm Tables is a solution you've been looking for. JotForm Tables combines the power of a spreadsheet with the flexibility of a database. You can collect your data through customizable online forms and JotForm Tables automatically organizes and stores all the data submitted through your JotForm forms. You can also import and export files and collaborate with your team effortlessly. All changes are synced in real time, so everyone is always on the same page. But JotForm Tables is more than just a spreadsheet alternative with conditional formatting, data visualization, and more than 250 integrations, it's a complete productivity platform for your team. You can even automate tasks and workflows to save time. Ready to centralize your data, boost your team's efficiency, and take your productivity to new heights? Sign up for free at sasclub.io slash jotform. That's sasclub.io slash jotform. Hey, are you struggling to grow your SaaS business? Well, you're not alone. But the good news is you don't have to settle for slow growth. The right tools can be a growth game changer. And that's where the SaaS toolkit comes in. This free guide cuts through the noise and shows you the 12 essential types of tools successful SaaS startups have used to get to seven figures and beyond. It gives you specific examples and makes practical recommendations to help you find the perfect growth tools for your needs. So stop feeling stuck. Visit thesastoolkit.com to download your free copy and unlock the growth potential you've been missing. That's the sastoolkit.com.